This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, it is schedule release day. We obviously don't have the schedule yet as we do the show here, but we do know the Steelers open the season in Buffalo against the Bills in week one. Yeah. Uh, We'll find out the rest of the schedule uh, later on this evening. Well, of course, you, uh, myself, and Mike Pursuta will do a a special show Mm -hmm. uh, to talk about the schedule release. Big extravaganza. Extravaganza. Right. Uh, I mean, we know the opponents. It's just a matter of how they're going to fall. And that matters. I, I just saw that they announced the Thanksgiving games. Steelers Correct. are not playing Thanksgiving. They're not playing overseas. And those the, games, the, yeah, those, the, the London games, games have been announced. Okay. Um, the the opponents for those have been announced. I think it's the Jets and Dolphins and Jaguars and I'm not certain. I, know I the can't Jags remember. Are going, yeah, they always go. They always you know. go. Right. So maybe next year for the Steelers. Yeah, I know I, you fact, enjoyed that trip. I think next year, yeah. Next year, you don't have any choice on whether you go. Everybody has to go as part of the mm-hmm. new TV deal. Yeah, it's so, about their time, huh? It is about their time. The Packers have never gone overseas. The Steelers have gone once. Quick question for you. Now if there's 17 games, would that be the 17th game? The 17th game? Would you, I mean, well, would that be the extra game? Would that be the NFC opponent? But yeah, would, would well, there's potential for that. They didn't do that this year because yeah. they have the Dolphins and Jets or the two division opponents. Right. That's not but yeah, I mean they games. could, and and that's the one way. You could still have eight home games then. Yeah, because next year in 2022, the Steelers will have eight home games and nine road games. Mm-hmm. So there's a better chance that they go overseas next year because they play. You'd rather go the extra on the, road game, the road game year. Yeah, I would imagine, right? Because you've got eight home games. No matter, they're not going to steal one of your eight home games. I would imagine, right? And give you really. You know, 10 road games. That would work out really well for me because I've had to postpone. uh, My wife and I were going to go (laughs) to to London now two years in a row for our anniversary and have had to postpone it both times. I did set up the trip for next year again. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, I, you know, if that happened, I would end up going to London twice in a year. Yeah. I guess there's worse places to go. (laughs) (laughs) But it sounds like that's a possibility. Um, We do know the Bills are week one. The, The schedule's hard. I mean, they and we know as schedule. well they'll play a division opponent in week 18, last mm, week of okay. the season. That's that, a done that, deal that, now that final game okay. will be a, a, a division opponent. Okay. So I like that the, the league does that. I think there's a better chance. I think that... they announced the Christmas Day games as well, and the Browns have to play oh, in Green Bay on Christmas Day. They've never wow. they've never played a, a Christmas Day game before. Okay. This is the thing, you know, and Bob Labriola mentioned this a couple years ago with mm-hmm. us uh, on the air when we were – we were talking to him, and, and, and he, he brought up, and it was a valid point. Like, it's easy. You get an easier schedule, obviously, be, uh, on opponents when you play, when you finish bad, you know, poorly in your division. Yeah, it used to just be two games difference, now three. But, but now still. once once you get yourself, okay, the Browns were a playoff team last year. Well, now you're, you're you know, you're getting more of those primetime games. You're, you're getting more draw. of these. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, how do you respond to that? How do you respond mm-hmm. to playing in Green Bay on Christmas Day? Yeah, no, you're right. The um, do we know the Christmas games? 
I, I think they announced all that stuff. It's um, actually the only thing my wife cares about. I mentioned to her. Yeah, today, the Steelers like, are not one of them. So Okay, that's all yeah. she wants. Is to, as long as it's not a Steeler <laughs> game on Christmas Day, I'm happy. It's uh, Jets-Falcons, by the way. Jets-Falcons are one game in London, and uh, Dolphins and Jaguars is the other one. So it's not a division game. It's just the two division, okay. two AFC East teams. I got you. Um, what else was I saying? I don't know. Something good. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about, like, when you're the hunted or you play all those primetime games. Uh, that's very difficult. Like, Warren Sharp does a bunch of work on this of what teams over the years have gotten the least rest. Yeah, and you, things you like sent that. me that. And I look every time it's I look at little, the charts that he puts out, it makes my head hurt. It was a little discombobulating. <laughs> I, I sent it to you in, in pursuit of before I even read it. I've read them before. It's something he charts, and then I just kind of gave it up. But. Um, I just look at the rankings. Okay, where do you rank at? I don't yeah. want to get into the whole. There's a lot of yeah, green and I don't, red. I don't and need to know how the cake was made. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just eat the sausage or the hot dog. I don't care how it was made. Um, but to your point, the good teams have it rougher. You know, in oh, terms, without a doubt, without a doubt. And then there's teams like the Steelers and the Dallas. Cowboys and yeah. Packers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They have are, a national. Even if they're fall. bad. Yeah. They're going to get tough games too. And the Browns weren't really in that category when they were bad. But now they certainly are as a, a draw. You know, I mean, going to Green Bay on Cle- on. I mean, Christmas they're opening and, in Kansas City. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. If you looked at the – okay, so I, I did a quick look at the – I can't remember who Cincinnati plays, but they have a tough game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the entire AFC North loses in week one. I don't know who everybody The Ravens playing. are at – the Ravens open in Las Vegas – that's um, a, a tough one. For a Monday night game. Yeah, right. I, I knew they were a Monday nighter. Um, Not exactly. The Steelers were a Monday nighter to start last season. Yeah, I don't right. like that. You know, because yeah, you get you a short week right off the yeah. bat. And you got to, you know, you have all that time before, but you don't have time for your second opponent so much. Yeah. I don't like Well, here's the, here's the week nighter. one schedule. So we know Dallas is, is, is at Tampa Bay to open the season. They're Thursday night. Yeah. Okay, then the Steelers and Bills at 1 o'clock. Jets and Panthers at 1 o'clock. Seahawks at Colts at 1 o'clock. That's a marquee game. Mm, okay. Uh, Chargers at Washington at 1 o'clock. That's a yeah, that's sneaky good game. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of buzz around the Chargers right now. Uh, 49ers at Detroit. Okay. Cardinals at Titans. Cardinals Interesting game. Titans, yeah. Eagles at Falcons. Not bad. Vikings at Bengals. That's, the, that's, that's a, a tough game that's for That's a Tennessee. tough game yeah, for yeah. Tennessee. There'll be a dog in Tennessee. that game. Jaguars at Texans. Ugh. In the Stinky Bowl. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Browns, uh, actually, it's the Browns are at Kansas City for a 425 start. Okay. I thought that was a night game, but, the, the, yeah. Still, but it's, well, it's, still, it's still the prime time game. Uh, Packers at Saints. Mm-hmm. Dolphins at Patriots. Right off the bat, that's a good one. Uh, Broncos at Giants. The Sunday night game is Bears at Rams. Gotcha. And then the Monday night game is Ravens at Raiders. Interesting. No, you're right. I mean, the division could be 0-4. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. Um, I know the the lines came out. The Steelers are about a touchdown dog at this stage, and I'm sure those things will change a lot. What's interesting, though, is like when you read those things off, they all sound like good games. First of all, because I haven't seen football in a while. You know, I'd love to watch. I mean, Houston, Any of them, yeah. Give me Jags eight or nine of those. I'll be, yeah, I'll sit and watch that. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and you're so excited to see Trevor Lawrence in that game, even though that's the worst game on the slate. Um, but it also goes back to my theory of, this time of year, from the draft until this is the best your team's ever going to look. You know, I mean, I, I go on my soapbox every year. As soon as that draft ends until really preseason or so, 
it's all boy. All these guys are going to come back from injury and be great. You yeah. know, all your rookies are filling holes and going to be great players. Unless the Browns cut Joe Hayden, you're not getting any yeah. kind of gift. I mean, you might. Add, I mean, a couple we've seen a couple things. Fisher and uh, Leno and a couple yeah. of these guys. There's a couple more of those type of things. But this is the eternal optimism time, basically from May to through July. You know, nothing bad happens to your team. Nobody gets hurt. You know, so all those games sound great, but. Even by week one, a handful of big guys will be out already. You know, there will be some preseason injuries and things. There's a lot of bad things that happen between now and opening day. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. And and so that's the uh, opening slate of the of the uh, season. Should be interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, I know P- Steeler fans. I keep hearing, well, they have the toughest schedule. You don't know that. You don't yeah. know that. I don't care what teams did last year. No. Um, you know, for example, if you've got Dallas on your schedule. This year, right? They're I'm they're a completely the different ba- football right. team. Right. If 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 Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in 2021, the Packers are the Packers is, different. Yeah, are they? You know, right. a world beater? No. I mean, even Houston's a great example. Right. right. They weren't you know good last year, but they're a lot harder to play against than they are this year. Assuming you know with Watson. Um, no, you're right, and not to mention too, like if Dallas was if it was, if this was a year ago and you have Dallas on your schedule. Okay, that looks like a tough game. And then Dak gets hurt in week two or three yeah. or whatever. Or Saquon gets hurt versus Steelers. All of a sudden, the Giants offense does look the same. You know, you don't know what version of those teams you're going to get. Right. We don't know what, you know, everybody's assuming that Indianapolis is going to be good this year. Oh, what Wentz is It's a be pretty doing. big assumption. I mean, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what Carson Wentz is going to look like. I know last, last time we saw him, he was getting yanked in Philadelphia. Yeah, and they have two very young guys behind him. They have no veteran presence there if he doesn't work out or – He's been injured quite a bit too. Yeah. What if he gets hurt or misses a couple? How, games? I mean, how's how are things going to play out in Washington? Is Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. going to is is he the answer at quarterback for them at least for this year? I mean, I know the defense is going to be good. No, right. But you know, like it, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's better than last year's quarterback situation, but it's not like he's had this stellar career. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. know, right. The Forty Niners are another perfect example. Two years ago, mm-hmm. they're in the Super Bowl. Last year, because of, you know they had a just a spate of injuries. Mm-hmm. And they were the last place team in that division. Yeah, I mean teams like them in Chicago. Who's going to be their star? Or New England? Who's going to be your starter when you line up against those right. guys? I mean, is the first round pick in by now, or are they rolling with the Cams and Daltons and Jimmies or whatever? I, I do think you know, going back to the Week One opponent for the Steelers, I think you have a pretty good idea what you're getting from the Bills, though. Yeah, which I don't love. I would much rather have a team in Week One that has a new coach, new quarterback, working out the kinks. There's not going to be a lot of kinks with the Bills. <laughs> you know? No, but by the same token, again, you know who they are. You know who you are. Yeah. Okay. And you played them late last year. So you have – okay, so there's some – maybe a little bit of carryover there. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you're going to spend time working on that opponent. I think for the for the Bills, the Steelers are more of a, of a mystery this year. Especially offensively. Offensively, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You keep hearing, oh, you know, more zone, more – you know, okay, are they going to do zone? Uh, you know, we're really talking know, right? about that. You don't know, yeah. and they're not, it's not like they're going to, you know, throw the whole playbook out there in the preseason. They got no, new offensive they'll coordinator. They'll practice some yeah. things, but they're not going to show their hand. You yeah, know, right. Are they going to be exclusively a zone running team? Are they going to mix in the zone mm-hmm. and power running team? Because that's what Najee Harris did at yeah at, at Alabama. I mean, it was fifty fifty almost uh, split between his his zone carries and his power carries. Yeah, I mean. You, you you dedicate a first round pick to a guy like Najee, and you know you, you think, well, are they going to cater things to him, or he really does everything well, though. Right. You know, I mean, if it was ATN, I think it'd be a little different. You know, but but how much pre snap motion are you going to get from Canada? 
Um, is Ben going to be in the shotgun exclusively or behind? So, I mean, like, you know, there'd be pistol. And to your point of those guys playing recently by NFL standards, I'm sure both coaching staffs are like, man, I should have done this differently. And it's oh, the yeah. case of any game. Yeah. You know, like if we, if we played them the next week, but I wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have done that. It goes know? back to that, what you talk about all the time with, you know, playing a team a third time. Yeah, right. And, you know, there's always things that you learn, uh-huh. tendencies and things of that nature that you, there's no hiding anything there. A common misconception with the fans is the team's – change dramatically throughout the year i mean a week is not a very long time no. to install a game plan i mean you you do what you, you get do, three practices you get three practices <laughs> to add some wrinkles and some audibles and things like that but you get a pretty good feel for what these teams are trying to accomplish you know a couple games in because you can't just scrap it all and start over week to week no you know, right uh, you know it, it, it just doesn't work that way Mm-mm. um you know that, that's why i i think when you look at new england I mean, they're going to have to make a decision on who they want at quarterback. Early. Because what they're going to run for Cam Newton is not what they're going to run for Mac Jones. No, especially the run game stuff. It's almost the exact opposite of what Baltimore did a couple years ago when they went to Lamar Jackson. You're going from, a, a... You're going from the mobile, mobile quarterback to the passing quarterback mm-hmm. where Baltimore was going from the, the passing quarterback, the guy who's going to be in the pocket, to the more mobile guy. I think that's the easier transition because he can always use his legs. Right. That's a good point. It probably would be the easier transition because that's the beauty and that's the scare of Mac yeah. Jones. You that's the make this read, and if it doesn't work, take off. Yeah, especially with a Lamar. You yeah. Know? I mean, no one's seen what your legs can do. You're bursting on the scene. They, they've been watching Flacco tape all year, you know. Um, New England will be really interesting because they are so different. I would imagine you build a Mac Jones offense now. Yeah. You know, and Cam – you run it, and if you're the starter, we'll incorporate a lot of quarterback runs that we won't call for Mac. But I would think we want this to be a Mac Jones friendly, you know, playbook all in all at this yeah. point. And really, San Francisco is pretty different too. Chicago is going to be in that same boat, yeah, right? I right. mean, you know, very much so. Justin Fields is completely different than anything else they've got. Yeah, you I know, mean, Dalton and Fields are night and day. I mean, not <laughs> to the extreme in New England. I don't know that we've ever seen anything. So many situations like that. Yeah, three big ones right, like right off the bat with first round picks. You know the first round pick's going to play at some point. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be opening day starters. Yeah, but they're going to play this year. All three of those guys. No one's going to sit the whole year. That never happens. I mean, it's all. You look at what Philadelphia did last year when they made the switch from Wentz mm-hmm. to Hertz. Now Wentz is more mobile than yeah. most. And he's certainly more it's, mobile than it's not you know, Flacco to Lamar. It, it's not Andy Dalton or, or right, you know, right, right, these right. guys. Jimmy or, yeah. But their offense was much different it based was. on what the quarterback could do. No, you're 100% right. I mean, uh, again, that brings you back to Buffalo. You're going to know what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, they've added a couple pieces. They've got some line, linemen. I'm sure they have wrinkles that they're working on like everybody else. But they're not going to change things for Josh Allen. I mean, Allen's entrenched there, and they built everything around him. You know? Yeah. So, it's, again, it should be interesting. And, and, you know, I think people need to remember that the Steelers were missing some key pieces in that game against Buffalo last yeah. year. And they were in that game – well into the third quarter, I mean, they were no they, they they actually outplayed the Bills in the first half of that. Game. I thought the first half they were the better team. Yeah, yeah. And then you know the interception at the end of the half kind of changed the whole complexion. Uh, gave the Bills a free seven first of all, mm-hmm. and then you know all of a sudden, hey, we they remembered we got at halftime we got Stephon Diggs, <laughs> and they came out and made a point of getting the ball to Stephon Diggs. Um, uh, you, you know, you get these these vibes that or these rumblings that they want to. 
have a little bit more of a traditional run game, you know, run the ball a little bit more. They didn't bring in any backs of note, but they reinforced their offensive line a little bit. I would think at this stage of Allen's career, and this is true for all athletic quarterbacks, by about now, Josh, you're too valuable. We're about to pay you an awful lot. I'm not sure. He's designed runs and you right. you carrying the football at the goal line and things of that nature. I'm not sure we need that as much out of you. He took you know? some. I, I, just, he takes some hits too. I, yeah. I remember watching the playoffs a couple times, going, "Man, you're you're really playing with fire there to allow that guy to get hit like that." Mm-hmm. You know, all it takes is somebody holding him up while he's fighting for yards, and somebody comes else comes in and oh, they're going to take because he's a runner at that he's point. Huge, you know. I mean, he's you know, he's not. Target, he doesn't right. get protections as a quarterback gets no. in those situations. You don't. I mean, Cam Newton dealt with a lot of that early on, obviously. Um, and, it, you know, early in his career, I mean, none of us, especially you and I, we didn't see his breakout coming last year. I mean, no one changed more from 2019 to 20 than Josh Allen. But 2019 and back, okay, you're going to take a bunch of hits. <laughs> you're not that good. You know? I mean, we, that's the best thing you do anyway. You know, now you're like, you're the face of this team, and we're about to make you one of the richest players in the league. Uh, we might need to hand it off to Zach Moss a little bit more. Yeah, that's why we drafted these guys. Yeah. Moss of... is one of my fantasy sleepers, by the way. I don't think Singletary is any good, and not. And we both kind of liked Moss coming out last year through a Steelers yeah, lens. Right. You know, I think you get him cheap, and he, he can be a decent player for them. Yeah, so it should be interesting. Um, I, I did notice here on uh, to get it back to uh, uh, ESPN put out a piece today said answering 2021's NFL draft biggest question expert debate their favorite picks top rookie classes quarterbacks and more Hmm. and the first question on here is who's your pick for offensive rookie of the year okay Uh, they got different guys here Matt Bowen picked Jamar Chase rarely goes to a receiver rarely goes to Justin Jefferson didn't get it and he was the best receiver in rookie history Mike Clay took Najee Harris okay uh, Jeremy Fowler took Jalen Waddell. That's a stretch for me. Too. I, yeah, I don't see that. I don't even know if he like leads his team in receptions. Uh, Kevin Seifert uh, took Justin Fields. Understandable. I just wonder when he'll get in. Yeah. Uh, Seth Walder took Trevor Lawrence. That's went with the, the high low hanging low fruit. Hanging but, fruit. But, yeah, he's the how favorite. How many games did they win? And Field Yates went with Najee Harris. I think. I mean, I know the Vegas odds are out, and they favor quarterbacks, of course. The only guy mentioned on there twice was Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he would be my pick pound for pound. Um, Javante Williams to me is interesting. I don't think it's going to take him long to go past Gordon. The more I think about it, and they traded up, and I, I even heard talks. There's that, potential there, but you know, if he doesn't break into the starting, like let's say they open a the season sharing carries, and it's that if way. It takes for, a month for it to yeah, break it's, in, it's that way for the first six games. He He's not going to be worth yeah, right, right. I don't know that ATN has a chance to even be a full-time guy. No. Sermon's a, a long shot as a full-time have games guy. Where he'll he's, have games. Yeah, but right. I wouldn't expect it, you know, him to have 1,600 yards. No. I don't think he'll take over that backfield if they just don't do it history that way. has told yeah. us anything. Yeah, I mean, non-quarterbacks, Harris to me is the easy choice. Yeah. I and mean, he's a good receiver. And yet his, his odds are like fifth or sixth best among that group, me. which is – very surprising. It's, it makes him a, a really good bet with the, you know, mm-hmm. you want to throw a couple of shekels down on something. Yeah, right, right, right. You get, get a good return. I mean, I'm sure in the betting world, betting on running backs is a little dangerous because, you know, what's the chances? They, they, there's a less chance they play 16 games than quarterbacks. 17 now. 17, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of these quarterbacks, besides Lawrence, to our earlier point, might not be opening day starters. And Lawrence, to me, what's he have around him? No, I mean, 
It's, it might take a while. There's going to be some lumps there. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, the division's Peyton Manning struggled. But... Troy Aikman struggled. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a long history of quarterbacks in their rookie seasons, just especially when they're on a bad team. Right. I mean, if they're 4-13, and 13, is he going to win rookie of the year? Even if he's good? Yeah. You know, like, say Burrow stays healthy all last year. He was pretty good. You know, didn't have a lot around him. Yeah. It, that that's not a rookie of the year performance. That wouldn't have beat Justin Jefferson. And there was still a reason why he couldn't stay healthy because they you know, they're dropping him back to pass fifty times a game behind a bad offensive line. That's the problem. They got him killed. It's, it's through too often. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yes, the line was a problem, and then Mixon was out too. I mean, asking a quarterback to throw 50, 60 times a game as a rookie is a bad recipe. Really yeah. bad recipe. It really is. Which brings me to a Steeler note. Actually, you know. If you can establish a running game this year, that next quarterback next year shouldn't be in that situation. Right. You know, yeah. you really don't want – if the Sears are going with a young quarterback next year, you don't want to put him in a situation where he's throwing 40-plus times a game. Right. It's a, no matter it's just, what. It's just Even not a good receivers, not right? a good recipe for success. No. Um, the question, their next question was, which rookie team or which rookie class will make the biggest impact in 2021? Hmm. This was interesting because I don't know if I agree. First, Bowen says the Jets. Okay, yeah, they, yeah. they may make an impact, but is anybody going to notice? Right, right, right. I mean, how much will they impact the league? Yeah. I mean, they'll impact the bad roster. I mean, yeah. Are they, Jets win six games this year? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Now, it's a good class. I mean, obviously, you're going to look at the teams that have a lot of high picks. Yeah. Like Jacksonville and Miami and, you know, these teams have multiple early picks. I, I guess the Jets are as good as any. I think Wilson's going to have a tough year. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Clay picked the uh, Lions. Okay. I mean, they're all big guys, though. They're, all big guys. Right, Sinu- right. Sewell and Ozerwin-Rike and yeah. Wayne McNeil. I don't know if those – Tackles and defensive tackles. Are you going to notice if those guys are making impact? a massive inf- you know, yeah. difference? Uh, Jeremy Fowler took the Falcons. Uh, that's a <laughs> – Cal Pitts, I wonder what his – Rookie of the Year numbers are too. I yeah, mean, I know tight ends don't win it, but he could go. He's crazy. not really. I mean, he's yeah. a tight end, but he isn't. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, he could have a thousand yard season. Yeah. Uh, Seifert took the Dolphins. That's what I was leaning towards because I really like Jalen Phillips. Uh, Seth Walter took the Chargers. Not bad. Slater and Asante Samuel. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't jump out at me though. They're not super high profile positions either. Yeah, and Yates took the Dolphins as well. Okay. I can I can see that. I mean, if Waddles on Sports Center all the time catching long ones every other yeah. week, and you know, I think they got a really good edge player in Phillips, some other pieces there too, some linemen that help. So, no, I think they did well. The final question here, I believe this is the final question. No, there's a couple of couple more here. The next question was, uh, what was the most head scratching pick of the draft? Okay, Bowen said Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike Clay said Travis Etienne. Maybe. I mean, in the first, it seemed like there was a lot of people interested in him, though. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a weapon. He's a weapon. You know, if you took a receiver there, mm-hmm. would anybody have said that's a head-scratching move? Say you take Elijah Moore or right. you know, a, a receiver that's you a, can even I think that's how you kind of have to look at ATN. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to look at him in that light. Like, Especially okay. when you already have Robinson. Yeah. And, again, make your, your young quarterback's life easier. There's the whole – they went to Clemson roommate theory, but I mean, just short, easy passes to running backs are really quarterback friendly. Correct. Yeah. Again, brings back to the Steelers next year. <laughs> you know, throwing short, easy passes to Najee and Fryermuth. Yeah. You know? 
Uh, Fowler said Jamar Chase to the Bengals. I don't know. I think we kind of saw that coming, though. I mean, it was yeah. between two people. Uh, but they, I mean, offensive line, yeah. you, you just watched your quarterback get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, Seifert said Patrick Sertain the second to the Broncos at nine. That one rings a bell. I mean, th- certainly feels like it to me because they, they're pretty good at corner. Um, Fields was sitting there. They could have taken a quarterback. Right. Yeah. And I don't know that Carolina was going to take Fields. I mean, they, they have a better excuse not to. But I really think when we look back at this this draft class, it's going to be the Fields narrative is going to be an interesting one. It Denver almost not taking them. Yeah. Carolina it almost seems them. to me that that Denver put all its eggs in the basket. Well, we're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers at some point. It sure feels that way, and I'm not sure that's done. Yeah, I mean, you you can't make that move not knowing. Like, right. you can't say, oh, we're going to punt this season. If we don't get Aaron Rodgers, then we'll just punt and we'll just take something. I, I, that, to me, is not – that's not a plan. Teddy's not enough for me to do that. No, you know, no. You're reading all this stuff. Not that I believe any of it. Locks a new man. He's working a lot hard. You know, we've heard all that <laughs> stuff before. And maybe he does have a better, you know – career going forward than he does now I mean he doesn't deserve to be flushed down the toilet but man I I don't know how you pass on Justin Fields there yeah uh Walter took certain as well okay and Yates went with Alex Leatherwood yeah so we got a little consensus there that those are the two worst picks uh certain and Leatherwood yeah Leatherwood they were the two big head scratchers I mean certain's a much better player than Leatherwood though Oh, I mean, any I mean, team you, that you had Sertain, you can, yeah, you can be happy with. Okay, we, you know, we took Patrick Sertain there. He was mm-hmm. the best corner on the board. Okay, that's fine. And everyone talks about, well, you know, some of these teams should trade back, and it's not always easy said and done. But in the first round, I'm sure somebody was calling Vegas. I mean, yeah. you could have moved down. I very am certain that you can move down three, four, five spots and still get Leatherwood. I mean, the crime isn't necessarily, you know, lo- falling in love with Leatherwood. I mean, he he looked like a starting right tackle. I can see why teams love him, but I'm sure you could have been a little econ- more, you know, economical with that that first round capital that you had. Yeah, absolutely. You, know? you could have gotten him twenty picks later, probably. Yeah. I mean, let alone five and pick up a third round pick or whatever. Uh, who was your favorite pick of the draft? Mm-hmm. Bowen has Justin Fields. Kind of goes back to what we're saying. Yeah, especially um, with the Bears quarterback history. Yeah. Wow. He's, I think right now he's the best quarterback in their history. <laughs> he's the most talented. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. Uh, Clay went with Fields as well. Okay. Uh, Fowler went with Rashawn Slater to the Chargers. Boy, that just worked out perfect yeah. for them. You know, yeah. I, I would have been on pins and needles hoping he got to me. You know, try to maybe even trade up a couple spots and sit back and you get your guy. That worked out well. Uh, Seifert went with Rashad Bateman to the Ravens. Yeah. I don't know about that. I like Bateman. Yeah. I mean, uh, going into the draft, I would have said he probably – is well worth that pick or earlier. I just don't know that he's going to change their passing game. I don't know much. that he is either. You know I, mean? I mean, I keep saying you know that the the Ravens really helped their passing game. Maybe, maybe. I mean, but I don't. I think a veteran guy would have made. I mean, there's a reason why they were in you know in the running for a bunch of different veterans. Right. That was the better move, and they couldn't get it done. Yeah. You know. I mean, the other thing people don't talk about with their passing game a lot is not that I'm a, a coaching expert or anything, but it's not real sophisticated route concepts and things like that. I mean, it's a little bit easier on the defense schematically than people realize, too, which I guess is good for a rookie. And, you know, also can you you know, when you have a bunch of rookie receivers and a young quarterback, that's why, you know, but uh, I mean, it's not going to be much more advanced, I'm sure. Uh, Walter went with Christian Derrissaw to the Vikings. 
I like that too. Yeah, that was. I mean, I, I that would have been the situation if the, if Darisaw makes it to twenty four. Then you have a conversation. Then the Steelers have a conversation. Okay, is it Harris mm-hmm. or is it is it Darisaw? Yeah, and then they got Davis, the uh, the Ohio State guard. If you look at my, Minnesota, I think they're really interesting. And if Rodgers does leave, I think the Vikes have a chance to you know take that division over. Yeah, they've made twenty six picks in the last two years. <laughs> I mean, some a lot of them are seventh rounders last right, year, yeah. but you made twenty six draft picks in two years. That's a half of a roster. It's a lot of cheap labor too. A lot of cheap labor, yeah. and you know, I'm I'm real big on yards per play. The Vikes D was like one of the worst in the league in yards per play, but the offense was one of the best. And they added a lot on defense, but they added two linemen on the, on offense. I yeah. mean, that was the spot they needed. So I don't think the the, the off or I don't think the offense stumbles at all. I think it still remains quite strong. And I trust Zimmer and a bunch of young guys to make the defense better. Yeah, and then the the final one was Yates went with Slater as well. So I mean that that's one, a good one that one worked out really well for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean you get you get a, a potential starting left tackle. Yeah, um, you know I think a lot you know a lot of times we ended up mocking Darisaw there. Mm-hmm. You'd um, settle for that. Yeah, or whatever. Right. But they get the number two guy. Yeah, I think that worked out really well for them. Like I always put my you know if we were on Chargers Nation Radio, boy Slater's still there. <laughs> Another pick falls. Slater's still there. Do you think they should move up? Would you go up your third to go get him? You know, like, and there he there he lands, and you match him with a really good center, Matt Filer. I mean, Philip Rivers has to be looking at them going, you didn't get you didn't address line for twelve years, and now you're going out and spending yeah. for this kid. You know, yeah, like, I got beat up. I got beat up like crazy, and you you know now we're going to go out and spend on the, and this kid's this kid's actually mobile. And he can get away. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm a statue back there, and you didn't have anybody protect me. <laughs> a lot of people are really high on the Chargers this year. I've fallen into that trap too many times. Yeah. But it's a new coaching staff, and I trust the quarterback. Not that I didn't trust Rivers back in the day. But they're one of those teams, when expectations are high, let's see how they handle it. Yeah, you know that's another I mean? one kind of like Cleveland. They're the, they're the new darlings. But, so. Yeah, they're going to be on a lot of top ten power ranks and things like that, or, you know, sure fire, fire wild card type of team. Maybe they can challenge the Chiefs. It's a little different when you're the hunted, though. Yeah. And that organization doesn't have a lot of great history of dealing with those type of things. They do not, for no. sure. Uh, but that's going to do it for this segment of The Drive. Fine. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, uh, for Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We appreciate you listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, uh, you uh, broke down uh, for Pro Football Network uh, the top 25 wide receivers in the NFL for the 2021 yeah. season. 
Uh, we were talking off the air, and you said that this was a, a difficult list coming up with 25. I don't know that it would be a difficult time coming up with 20. I think fi- figuring out who the, who is who, who those top 25 from. are. Yeah, th- that's a better way of saying it because there's a lot of good young names. Chase Claypool comes to mind, you know, that didn't make my list that if they were running backs or another position would have, you know. I mean, right. Someone that played at that level would have been in the top 25 at their respective position. I mean, there's so many good receivers in the league, and the, the league has been flooded the last couple of draft classes with young ones. Putting them in order wasn't easy, though. Yeah. Um, I think that goes back to it. I know when we went over the, the, your list of the top 25 running backs, mm-hmm. when people talk about, oh, you don't draft a running back in the, in the, in, in the first round, if I meet 20 good ones in the NFL. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I had like Mostert on there, and he wasn't yeah. even the last guy. Or, you know, I mean, some of those names you're not super comfortable with lining up as your every down running right. back. And he's yeah. the top 25 running back in the Whereas league. Whereas if I picked anybody on this list of this top 25 wide receivers, you go, oh, yeah, he could be my number one. Or I don't know. He's never coming off the field. Yeah, he's, you know? he, he, he he's no worse than my number two. The, right. You yeah, know. he presents problems for the opponent. The opponent's not thrilled he's on the field. And that goes for 10 or 15 others that didn't make the list. You know, like some guys that didn't make the list to me, Will Fuller would have been my 26th. I just couldn't trust him with, with injuries. I mentioned some young guys, C.D. Lamb, Claypool. I mean, I expect them to be on it next year. I just think that the body work wasn't quite big enough to say, you know, this is where you're at right now. I, I didn't consider Juju for it, but if I maybe went 10 more, he would have been in the consideration. Right. You know, I'm just thinking it's Steeler stuff. But there is a Steeler on there. And he's at number twenty-five. That's Deontay yeah. Johnson. Yeah, and it wasn't an easy one. You know, I mean, there's again, there's a lot of names there that were, um, you know, close. I just think that he is a feature receiver. When he was out there, the Steelers threw him the ball over and over and over, almost in an Antonio Brown-like manner. Drops weren't his friend this year. You know, and that's a problem. Then he missed a little time here and there. To me, that you know, the drops. While the number was alarming, all came within like a three-game. It was period. like a bad month. Yeah, he had right, you yeah. know he had a bad month. The whole team had a bad month of December. Mm-hmm. You know that he wasn't alone in that, and you know so we all oh, Deontay Johnson led the league in drops. Yeah, but like not he had like more than half of them came in a three-game stretch. A lot of scouts kind of had the yips. Yeah, even when you're looking at college guys, think drops are an overrated stat or thing to analyze. You know, I, I think about Wes Walker a lot. Wes Walker had a ton of drops. Yeah. He also had a million targets. <laughs> you know what <laughs> like, I mean? They peppered him with targets. Right, right. The more targets you have, the more drops you're going to have, obvious, yeah. you know, for obvious reasons. Um, you know, if he's dropping, consistently dropping the football. Uh, on, or if you're you not know, making big catches. You, you know, know if, you, I mean? it, it, if you have trouble catching the ball, I think Deontay Johnson, I think overall last season he had 15 drops or something like that. Okay. I mean, he led the league. Yeah. If it was a drop every week. Then that's a that's more of a problem. That's more of a problem. But if it's a you know again he had that spate where he dropped you know seven or eight passes over a three game period, mm-hmm. you know that kind of makes the numbers look a lot worse than what they were. And the team knows better than we do too. Like did someone step on his hand two weeks ago or something? You know, like yeah. not all that stuff always gets revealed too. I mean, the fact that it was in such a short stint, I mean, it's it's eye opening. But it probably was in his head. It got oh, well, definitely was I'm in sure his head. In his yeah, head, you know. But if we don't see it again. No one will think twice about it. Like he has good ball skills. Yeah, yeah and ball skills to me are more important than your drop numbers. Uh, at twenty-four, you had Cortland Sutton. I, I think if he would have played all year, he probably would have been, I don't know, seventeen, something like that. I, I think he's a really good player. 
Didn't do a thing last year, though. Right. You know? That's that's the tough <laughs> thing about ranking him, yeah. you know, as opposed to some of the other guys who did play. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, know. I wasn't nice to him. You know, I mean, I didn't say, oh, he got gr- you know, he, he would have been great. We didn't see it. But, boy, there's a lot to work with there. At 23, you have an interesting player here, Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's some people that I don't are... know if he's that guy anymore, Matt. I think he's 23-ish. I, I thought he played really well for the Bucs. He did, and I can't. I'm not going to take that away from him. At the same time, I don't know that he's the 23rd best wide receiver in the league at this point in his career. I mean, there's an argument. I mean, and I, I, he's a tough one for me. Odell's another one that's going to be on this list. It's a tough one for me. Um, some of it is body of work, which isn't fair. That's not what yeah. this is. Like you know, if you ask me right now, and I'm, I'm not factoring in any off-field stuff. Right, right, right. None of that. When they line up. Would you rather have Chase Claypool or Antonio Brown? I'm going to say I'd, ra- the name I'd rather have Chase Claypool. And, and I look at it this way. is If I'm a corner or a defensive coordinator, would I rather play against A.B. or Chase? I still think the answer is I'd rather play against Chase, but I, I just think Antonio is still really good coming out of his breaks and – just a little bit out of sight, out of mind, but he was a tough one for me. I yeah. mean, I almost he almost didn't make the list. I mean, he, he, you know, he had he was a free agent this off season, and nobody was beating down. His and door, nobody was right? beating down his door. Now, some of the off field stuff may have been part mm-hmm. of that, but he really hasn't had any of those issues for the past year. So if no, you if you were going to take bridges. if you were going to take a chance on him, like hey, we could use that guy, right, 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 and nobody did. Nobody did. I know that doesn't work in his favor. I, mean, I thought about that as well. I don't know. I just didn't think we saw a huge sample of him in Tampa. You know, like what if he was in Green Bay opposite Devontae Adams? Would he have had 85 catches? You know, I, I didn't, but so would Claypool. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean? exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. Uh, so he was a tough one. But uh, I was a little bit generous to him and Odell and Julio, who have really been like the best receivers of this generation, because I still think they're – a pain in the butt to play against. They're pain in the butt, but they're slipping. They're I slipping. Mean, they're yeah. obviously not not what they used to. They're be. not the best players in the league anymore. No. At twenty two, you have Jarvis Landry, and I'm not a big Landry fan. I've never had him in fantasy. Yeah. He's see, tough. I, to, I don't know. I, I don't think he, what he does is special. Is he better than say Tyler Boyd in the slot? I think, but similar. I, I, I don't know if he is. I mean, he produces year after year. It's not super pretty. He's a really good blocker. Not that I put a lot of stock in blocks, you know, but he gets it done year after year and never gets the credit he deserves. Like, I, I didn't have uh, Woods or Cup on there from the Rams. Yeah. They were all kind of in that same tier for me. Best in the slot. Not special, but effective. Yeah. I mean, we, Landry's not exciting. Would you rather have Jarvis Landry or Adam Thielen? Thielen. Yeah, Steele. I haven't gotten that far. Oh, yeah, his name's coming okay. up. All right. I mean, I even thought. I mean, how about him or Cole Beasley? I almost put Beasley on the list. I mean, he had a really good year. Well, if you're going to start, if we're going to talk about you know straight pure slot receivers. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Dallas. To Lamb. Yeah. I thought about him. He he was. I mean, I would much rather have C.D. Lamb than Jarvis Landry. Especially. Yes, I would too. Right I now, I don't know who's the, the way they football player right this second. I well, I think it's Landry, or I wouldn't have put him on the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's your list. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know, but Lamb's awesome, and I want Lamb. I think Lamb's going to be the number one there. I think he'll pass Cooper before long. Yeah, you know, uh, twenty-one. You have Tyler Lockett. Uh, that's starting to slip a little bit for him. A little bit. At the end of the day, though, he had a pretty good, pretty good. Uh, he was a weird. Yeah, because the, the season stats look great. Right. 
And then, but he did his, most of his damage in like three or four games. Mm-hmm. And they drafted a similar player to yeah. him. I, I think there's some concern there. He is he's a little boomer bust. I mean, he's not Deshaun Jackson. He's a lot more of a consistent contributor than those style players. But he has a little bit of that to his game. And clearly, Metcalf became the guy there. Yeah. yeah. At 20, you have Odell Beckham. I, I, my first line, I think, when I wrote him up was, he's the hardest guy to rank on yeah. his list. Because he has some Sutton-like qualities. He has some AB-like qualities. And I mean that in a bad way. When he's good, he's really good. Um, when, he's, I, when he actually plays. Yeah, That's the problem. Reliability is yeah. huge on this list. Odell Beckham... Um, Hasn't played a full season, 16-game season, since 2016. Yeah. That's ancient history. That's ancient history. In, in the NFL terms. Played seven games last year. Did play. I think he's played like it, 20 games as a Brown. He did play 16 games. I, I, I said he didn't. He played 16 in 2019, but he only started 15. Mm-hmm. And he only had, he only had uh, that year, he had 74 catches for 1,035 yards, and they had to force it to get him that. Yeah, that was a lot of force feeding, and he was not a dominant player. I mean, really has not been a dominant player in a Browns uniform, and it's not like he just got there. No, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be year three for him there. Yep. Uh, I think I concluded his little paragraph as, this is the guy that's most likely to either be off this list or near the top of the list this year. You know, like, if he spins his wheels one more year, Done. Bye. You're gone. Yeah. The or last two seasons, the last two seasons in Cleveland is only two seasons mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Uh, 2019 caught 55.6 percent of the passes thrown his way. That's not good enough. No, no. Last year it was 53.5. Mm-hmm. It's just not good enough. No. I mean, you should be a, 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 as a. They have not won that trade. They've lost that trade. Yeah. They gave a lot up for him. They thought they were a player away, and they've been winning. You know, despite him, I, I am really curious to see what that offense looks like, playing like they did last year, and then you insert him to that offense. But he could vanish. I mean, he, yeah. he could be bouncing around. The, he could be a free agent or a cut. And well, and the, and the thing is, I mean, either. if they're if they're running at optimum power, mm-hmm. they only want to throw the ball twenty five times a game. Mm-hmm. Is Without he going to is he going to be happy if they you know he only gets five or six targets in a game? No, no I don't think not. so. Right. Yeah, he was a tough one for me. I thought he belonged on the list, but I didn't know where to put him. At 19, you have Amari Cooper. I'm, I'm a little a, lower on him than others. I, I'm he not a huge Amari Cooper fan. He I'm, doesn't I'm blow not. my skirt up. You know, yeah. I think he's really talented. He was a top-five pick. I guess he's lived up to that. Dallas gives up a first-rounder for him. He produces year after year, but I don't count on him, you know? Like, yeah. I, I really thought, like, there's almost a line before and after Cooper. Like, those names you mentioned before Cooper – they could have easily all been off the list, you know. I mean, there was some See, names. To, to me, it's it's him and this next guy that you have at eighteen on the list are pretty damn similar. Can't remember who I have at Kenny Galladay. Yeah, like I don't know what to think about these. They, like they they finished the year with all, you know with all, you know a lot of catches and mm-hmm. stuff, but it, because they get peppered with targets, right? They have obvious traits, you know. I mean, they're very talented, but I don't know that you fear playing them. Not like the guys above them, you know. I mean, yeah, they, they both are. Big, fast, good after the catch, making a lot of money. You know, I mean, yeah. the league has given up a lot to acquire their services and draft picks and finances. But, you know, if I told you Chase Claypool is going to have the exact same career as Kenny Galladay, I'd say, go fish, I'll try. I bet he can do better. You know, yeah. not that it's bad. I mean, right. it's, it's a pretty yeah. good career. He's making $17 million this year or whatever. But I bet I'll take my chances that it's even better than that. Uh, it's 17. You have... 
DJ Moore. I love DJ Moore. I love DJ Moore too. You know who didn't love DJ Moore? <laughs> yes, Teddy Bridgewater. If you read it, there's there, a, the reason why Teddy Bridgewater is no longer the quarterback yeah. for the Carolina Panthers is DJ Moore because he completely ignored him. It's unbelievable. Last season, super frustrating, and he didn't even have McCaffrey to dump it to. Yeah, you know, he was dumping it to whoever would you know. And I didn't realize this till I did the homework. DJ Moore's average yards per catch was still really, really high. It might even be number one on this list. And with the most conservative quarterback going. Because he – and I watched uh, – He was all, open all year long. In pure – just to, to pull back the curtain, I had D.J. Moore on my fantasy right, team last right, year. Right, right, right. So when the Carolina Panthers were on and I wasn't covering a Steeler game, okay, I'm going to – I'll watch this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm watching D.J. Moore run pattern after pattern down the field. Yeah. And I'm like, he's open. Explosive. He's open. People, right. He's up, and he wouldn't throw him the football until late in the game. When oh, we gotta we gotta come back here. We gotta yeah. try to catch up. And then he'd throw you know a fifty yard bomb to DJ Moore, and DJ Moore would catch it. <laughs> right. And he finished the game with two catches for you know sixty eight yards. And meanwhile, the year before that, if you had DJ Moore, you might have won your league. Right. You know, like, he's capable of that. Quarterback, to your point, really hurt him. Yeah. I don't check think down Teddy is. Yeah. That could kill if, if Teddy Bridgewater becomes the quarterback. And Judy and Cortland Sutton and those guys are running deep, right? Forget about. They're going to be winning he thirteen won't throw nine games, right? He right. won't throw. That's why when, when people were talking about the Steelers need to go sign Teddy Bridgewater, are you out of your mind? No, you don't right. need that. You don't need that. He's, you he's, think he's the answer to your problem, and he's not. He's just another. I mean, look how many teams problem. he's been on since Minnesota, too. Yeah. And I know there's an injury mixed in there, but everyone that is with them realizes this ain't good enough. No, you know. I again, I go back to a game I'm watching. They they had a chance to win the football game. Uh, and McCaffrey was back, mm-hmm. and I think it was like third and ten or something like that. They needed they need to get in field goal range, and he throws a sideways pass to McCaffrey behind the line of scrimmage, and he gets tackled for a loss. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, you yeah. you like Carolina, twenty seconds left in the game, and you're going to check down. As we always say, teams tell you what they think. Carolina didn't have a good record last year, but they lost more close games than anyone in the league, and just super good enough to get you a beat. To, yeah, and. <laughs> The betters will tell you, bet on Teddy Bridgewater because they're always dogs because the quarterback on the other side is always better, yeah. but he always covers because yeah. he doesn't take that shot. Doesn't make the big mistake. Right, doesn't throw the pick six, but you lose by four, and it was Teddy plus four and a half or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work out of the real world, you know? Uh, it's 16. Say what you want about Sam Darnold. He's good for DJ. He'll throw the football down yeah, the field, yeah, yeah. yeah. 16, you have Adam Thielen. Really good player. Yeah. Starting to slip a little bit. Yeah, he's starting to slip a little bit. Yeah, I, think. I mean, I think that's exactly where he belongs. He's older than people think. He's, he's, he became in the league a little old, too. Yeah. And I thought Diggs was better than him even their last season in Minnesota. Yeah. And I think Jefferson's better now. Uh, 15, Terry McLaurin. I think McLaurin's a great player. Yeah. It doesn't get enough credit. Um, I really liked him coming out. And the, the, thing, the thing that I liked about him coming out it's like, oh, he can play. He's played a lot of special teams he at was Ohio a State. Star at Ohio State on special teams. He, he'll never see another special team no, snap in his life. Play, he doesn't play there anymore. <laughs> right? No, I think McLaurin's a really good player that doesn't get in this conversation enough. Like, I think if you ask most people, Amari uh, Cooper or, or McLaurin, oh, give him McLaurin all day. Right? Not even close to me. Yeah. No. Uh, Fourteen. You have Calvin Ridley. I might have him higher. Yeah, this gets in the neighborhood where there are just a lot of really good players yeah. that are probably all on the same tier. I mean, even Ridley versus Julio is a conversation. Maybe I was a little hard on Ridley because he's not the most physically imposing, but, boy, he's a great route runner. He attacks at all levels. He's a great one. Yeah. 
Uh, 13, Chris Godwin. Similar to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, spl- splitting hairs between those two, to be honest with you. You know, Godwin's another one that a year ago was going super high in fantasy, and he had a couple injuries, and, you know, obviously had to share the ball there a lot, but he didn't do anything wrong. No. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah. 12, you have Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, I believe in him. You know, it, it, he set all those rookie records. In those first two or three games, he was a part-time player. Really didn't play much. Yeah, yeah. He was only a slot. Uh, at 11, you have Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. He's He is as ordinary as grits. Yeah. And then you look up at the end of the season, he's got 100 catches and you he's know, a lead-off 1,200 yards. And, yeah. yeah, quarterback's best friend, elite route runner. I mean, some of these guys, when you start doing these exercises, like him, and we even mentioned Mike Evans, like those guys are probably going to be Hall of Famers. They do it for another three, four, five years. You put a body of work together like those guys, it's like, wow. I mean, that's a heck of a career. At 10, you have DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, I think he speaks for himself. I mean, nobody wants to play against him. He's not just the run fast down the sideline guy. He's a more developed route runner than a lot of us. See, this is this thought. is the ceiling for Chase Claypool. That's who you. Yeah, that's right, who. Right, that's right, what right. you want. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, and I'm not sure anyone's quite as freaky as DK. And didn't he just run a hundred meter or something too? Against... He, yeah, against he finished ninth. Like Did everybody's he? like, oh, DK Metcalf went out and competed against these these yeah. Olympic runners and. It, Okay, but he he finished but he ninth. Didn't beat them. He finished ninth in a nine man field. Let's yeah. let's not pretend that he beat a bunch of guys. I mean, he, I'm sure he's fifty. Pounds he was with them. Everybody. Yeah, oh, and he was, and that's, that's great. But yeah, that's good for but, football. That doesn't matter for yeah. track. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, just because you if he were strictly them. a track athlete, everybody'd say you're, you're not good guy, enough. That guy finished last. <laughs> right, yeah. You're not good enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You look good in you know shorts, but that's it. Um, at nine, you have Michael Thomas. That's an interesting one to slide down one. there. Yeah, yeah, I think I said in the blurb. If I would have been in charge of this project one year ago, he might have been number one. Yeah. You know, and some of that's manufactured. And we're going to get to Devontae Adams. You know, I thought Adams had the best year of any receiver this yet last year. But some of it's system. And some yeah. of, you know, like I'm not sure Thomas. It's a lot Adams. with Michael Thomas. You wonder what that's going to be like now with Drew Brees gone. No are the, a, are they going to throw the ball as much? Thomas was not healthy last year. Yeah. So I think it'll definitely be better than last year. But boy, he and him and Breeze were perfect for each other. And he and Keenan Allen are the poster boys for, you know, these people that think a, a, a wide receiver has to come out and run a four, you know, sub four five. Nah, right. These guys are. Uh, Keenan Allen ran a four seven. Yeah, he ran four seven in his pro day, four seven two or something yeah. like that. Yeah, especially for slot guys, you know, great route runners. Um, you know, Thomas was a second round pick. What he run like high four fives. Yeah. yeah, maybe even a four six flat, something like that. Doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. Uh, H of Mike Evans. Again, I think he's having a Hall of Fame career. He's only yeah. like 26. If Chase Claypool turned into Mike Evans, you'd oh, be happy. He'll take that I mean, because he's got a similar body type. Yep. One thing that changed a little bit with Evans, not that he didn't catch touchdowns in his career, but Brady really went his direction. Yeah. More jump balls, more go be big in the red zone. I mean, I think that was a, a Brady thing. Seven. This would be the tough one to, to like. If you would have, if you would have had. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones yeah, flip flop. Julio's a tough one. I would I would have said you know okay okay I get okay. that yeah. yeah. I Julio still Jones think, is seven. I still think opponents judge Julio like he's the number one. Like in Minnesota, by halfway through the season, people were rolling coverage to Jefferson. Yeah. You know, like so that's a big indicator. I mean, Seattle they 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 ruled it to DK as the season went on. I think when Julio and Ridley are both healthy. I still think people are a little more worried about Julio. I mean, 
The size factors. The size yeah. strength is crazy. I mean, he's built in a lab. The problem is, is when Julio's healthy. And he's fought a, like a foot injury. He has screws in his feet, I think. Yeah. I mean, that he's had his whole life. He's never really been 100% healthy. And one thing I mentioned in the article is behind Rice and Moss, I think Julio's in the conversation for best ever. I mean, next best ever. He's not that player still, but he's still scary. Yeah. He's tough on the rack. Six, you have Allen Robinson. So underrated, year after year. I didn't realize his numbers were as good as they were until I did this. Only two or three receivers had better numbers than him. Didn't get a lot of help from his quarterback and never, ever does. Yeah. Yeah. At five, you have A.J. Brown. Yeah, I think he's a lot of Julio. Yeah, I mean, it was, this year's going to be a big deal for him because he's not only seeing the you know, coverage rolled his direction, it's going to be – like two gunners banging. <laughs> like he's going to get all sorts of, of, of attention. You put a linebacker over him first right, to right. hit him first and, yeah. and knock him off the line. Corner and, over top yeah. of him. I mean, we'll see if he can handle a massive amounts of, of coverage rolled his way. But, boy, I like his game. After the catch really stands out for him, too. Yeah. Uh, number four is another guy for the, you know, who battles against the receivers have to run real fast rule. That's mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, right. He's like a 4-5 guy. He doesn't win any. We're five five. Yeah, right, right, right. he's always covered. Always covered. Uh, had a huge percentage of catches for first downs and touchdowns. You know, gets downfield more than people think. You don't think of him as a deep ball receiver at all. I think you know one of the stats I looked up was catches twenty five yards or more. He was like third in the league. Yeah, <laughs> and he's, he's not just tough. Fast. What's that? He's just tough. He's just super tough with amazing ball skills. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer too. Don't you think? He needs to do it a little, a little bit, bit longer. A little bit yeah. longer. I mean, but he's on that. He's yeah. on that. That trajectory. That trajectory. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't really think that the move to Arizona benefited him last year. No, I thought it would hurt him more because they he got so many targets at Houston. Yeah. But then he got so many targets at Arizona. I feel like he'd get so many targets on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like why does quarterbacks not throw to him? Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's open or not. He catches it. I think that's something though that I think especially early in the season. I don't know that Murray trusted it, right? Like Deshaun Watson did. Like no, he would look right. there and okay, he's covered. Whereas Watson would just go, oh, okay, I'm going to throw it there. I'm sure Hopkins was like, you, you got to throw that. Just one throw youngster. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm open. I'll prove it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll catch it. Did it for years. Yeah. there. you know, right. Uh, I was th- torn between the top two, which order to put him in. Three, you have uh, Stephon Diggs. Mm. I might have had him higher. Maybe. What an amazing year. Yeah. And they didn't throw the ball much in Minnesota. Andy was splitting catches with Thielen. He was great there. But he was awesome for Buffalo last yeah. year. All levels, great receiver, great route runner, um, plays with an edge. Uh, you gotta like Diggs. Uh, two, you have Devonte Adams. I held the system against him a little. I mean, I thought he was the most productive player per game. I thought he had the best year of any receiver, maybe Diggs, in, in the league last year. Um, and he, he always gets all the attention, of course. Yeah. He's a spe- he's a great player. I don't know that The he's amazing thing special, with though. him is the touchdowns. Yeah. He I mean a ton he, last year. He, every year. Yeah. Every, every year. year he's got 12, 14. Last year it was 18. And everyone knows that's where the ball's going in yeah. the end zone. And, and he stuff. still gets it. And he still gets it. It still gets open. Yeah, great one. And then at one you have Tyreek Hill. I was torn on that. See, who would be me, your one? Uh, I might flip. I might have Hill third and move those other two guys up. Yeah. I, I can understand it. I just I went back to the theory of who do I not want to play against, and I think Hill's so scary. You know, even the behind the line of scrimmage stuff, the motion stuff. He's not just a burner, but boy, is he a burner! 
he's not clearly one for me, and he's not going to be as productive as those guys because I mean Kelsey has numbers similar. to Right, guys. that's you a know th- what I mean? when that, but that also helps Hill. No, it does help him. You yeah. know, yeah, because and you can't take away all those things. No, you just can't. It helps Kelsey, and it helps it helps Hill. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you've seen, you know, for example, when when the first time Tampa Bay played Kansas City last mm-hmm. year, you know, they're they're take, trying to take. Okay, we're gonna we're not gonna let. Uh, Kelsey beat us. We're gonna, you know, and, then and, and Hill goes off for 200 yards in the first quarter. <laughs> right, right. Well, then they decided, hey, we're not gonna let them do. They can't do that anymore. And, and then it's Kelsey catching his his 15 yarders or yep. 10 yarders over yep, the yep. middle. I mean, that's the beauty of the offense. Is, yeah, and that's what they thought. If we can add an Edwards Hilaire to that mix too, there's no way you can take all those things away. And Mahomes obviously helps things too. But Kelsey and Hill are really, really good for each other. Yeah, you know, you can't take away both. And oh, coincidentally, though, maybe the Steelers are trying to build a little bit of that as well. Yeah, right, right. right. You know, people who want the Steelers, hey, just cut Ebron. No, he's a valuable. No, no, no. He can. He, he can... causes problems for defense. Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, they just need. Just don't think of him as a blocker. Right? That, yeah, right. <laughs> don't ask him to do that, and you're right. fine. The, yeah. The Chiefs don't ask Kelsey to block. Mm-mm. You know, you're not seeing Kelsey blowing people off the line at the goal line. No. I, and I I'm mean, not saying that Ebron is, is Kelsey. No, but he does some similar things down the field. You can use them the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Without question. Um, coincidentally, I'm going to do my tight end list probably today. Those 25s would be tough to come up with, but Ebron's going to be on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the question it, is: is does Fryermuth crack it? No, I'm not, no rookies allowed. No rookies allowed. Okay, that was my rule because I don't think it's fair. It I is at least. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I'm, yeah. You're right because we did that with Najee Harris. Yeah, where, where, we, where do we think he falls into that list? Where do we think the rookie receivers fall into this list? I don't know if they do. Chase would. Well, is Chase better than Deontay Johnson? I, I don't know. Yeah. I know Harris is better than Mostert. That's the difference right. in the depth of the, of the right, positions. Right, right, I mean, that, you get to the end of this list, the 24s, is he better than Sutton? Yeah. Yeah. Is he better than A.B. right now? You know, I mean, I, I know some people probably don't think A.B. belongs. Whereas we got, you know, we got down to like the – uh, where we have top ten, I think, with, with mm-hmm. Najee Harris, and you're like, oh yeah, he's probably better than that guy. Yeah, you know, like I bet if I was, if I did include rookies, which I don't think you should, that was my rule. Even not seeing Pitts, I would have him six. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, right. I think he's better than Gasecki or Ebron or guys that I know will be on that list. But tight ends aren't going to be easy. I'm not even sure I'm going to put one. Yeah, I know who the top two are going to be, but I'm not sure who they're going to. Finding be. 25 tight ends in the league is Man. like. I mean, like, there's none on Jacksonville. <laughs> you know, I'm not putting Herndon. There's a lot of teams yeah. where Some of these guys are going to be pure blockers. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not looking forward to the list. But I'll, I'll uncover some fun things, too, while I do it. Yeah. You know? But, but uh, a guy, I mean, a guy like Fryermuth should be on that list next year. Right, yeah. You know, or Top 25, or at least right. he's, he's in consideration. Right. At, at least two years from now, he should be on that list. Yeah. And you know, it's not a real hard list to crack. No. No, I agree. Uh, But that's going to do it for this segment. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, uh, I'm Dale Lally. We want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It is fantasy football time here. Uh, we're going to talk a little uh, 
overall rankings. Evan Silva has come out with his top 150 rankings. Yeah. Obviously, these will change as uh, situations change around the league as we get more information about things. Uh, but I thought we would start here giving Before people... Before you do, I just want to kind of speak for Evan because I listened to their podcast last night where they revealed this, and their website, Establish the Run, is geared for fantasy people. I mean, you, you buy right. their site and, you know, you get this, these lists and whatnot. And, you know, Evan's the first one to say, he's like, this is rough, rough draft. You know, of course it's all going to change. Anyone that's ever written a list... Nobody's drafting right now. No. Unless I mean, you're doing a... The best balls and stuff yeah. like that, but... You know, he, he's the first one to say, the more I stare at this list, I change it every day. Um, but a, a big theme of his was he made his list, and then he went and looked at ADP and, and you know that you can find anywhere and said, boy, I want to be ahead of ADP for these players because I want our customers of the website to get these guys. These are the guys, you know, and so when we get to some of those names, I'll mention them. Okay, so number one, he has Christian McCaffrey. I think that's a slam dunk, don't you? I mean, it's a little bit of troubling he didn't play much last year, yeah, but he's but only 24. You know how he's going to get used. Yeah, um, yeah. You know he's going to catch a bunch of passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is Saquon Barkley. Sim- same, basically. Similar situation. Right. It's amazing they were the top two last year and neither one did anything last year. Yeah. You know. Number three, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Boy, he's productive. There's going to be one of these backs, though, him or Henry or Kamara or McCaffrey. I mean, he's going to suffer the same fate Barkley and McCaffrey did. I I think it could be the next guy. Henry? Derrick Henry. Yeah, Henry scared. He's living on the edge a little bit with all those touches the last two years. He's number four. Cook would be second on my list of scary. Yeah. But, boy, they pay off. Uh, Yeah, I think last year in my one draft, because of that situation with Cook, Mm -hmm. I think I got him in, like, the ninth pick. Yeah, and he yeah, should yeah. not have been available at the ninth. No, pick. no, but he did fall there a couple yeah. times at that point. Right. Uh, five you, uh, is Tyreek Hill. I mean, I'm not taking. Receivers I'm not taking high. a receiver at five. I'm sorry. I'm not either. I mean, it, I'm I, not taking a receiver over Alvin Kamara. I'm not taking a receiver in the first round. Yeah. I mean, I, just, I could come up with twelve running backs for sure that I would take out of him. Yeah. Alvin Kamara six. All right. I think uh, he's. I think the top five are pretty set in yeah. those boards. Won't include a receiver. I'm uh, almost shocked he has Tyreek over Adams. Yeah. But I guess, you know, Rodgers is looming. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, 70 has Diggs. Mm-hmm. It's wide receiver two. He must have dinged Adams a little bit. Yeah. Though. Eight is DeAndre Hopkins as wide receiver three. Okay. Again, I'm thinking running backs over all these guys. Yeah, but so I am what? too. Yeah, I mean, right, it doesn't matter. This would be a bit of an argument, though. Nine, he has Travis Kelsey as, as t- tight end mm-hmm. one. If you're in a tight end league yeah, where you have to play one, such an, it's like having an extra starter. Yeah. I'm taking him over all the receivers. Yeah, I think he – if he had if he had, had Kelsey at five – I would understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's so much – he's head and shoulders above the rest of the tight ends. The guy who won our league had Kelsey. And you know, I, I said this just to our buddies when we were all at the bar or whatever. I'm like, Kelsey's the league MVP for fantasy. And they're like, no way. I'm like – it's not a coincidence that Jeff won the league with Kelsey, but I'm like, Kelsey, if we could re-pick him knowing what we did last year, should have been 1-1. I mean, he had like 1,200 yards. And yeah. we have to start a tight end. He's so much and The other tight ends have, you know, everybody else is uh, half the league starting tight ends with 600 yards. Right, right. If He's they're lucky. Double is good. You know? <laughs> Can McCaffrey be double It's like having a, a, you know, a 2,500-yard rusher on your roster. Exactly, exactly. You know, or a quarterback that – Throws for four thousand and runs for fifteen hundred. You know, I mean, like it's he's way better than number two, especially with Kittle hurt. 
Uh, at 10 was A.J. Brown. He's really not. Rough on Adams. Rough on, rough on, not only rough on Adams, but the running backs. Only five running backs in his top ten. Yeah, I just don't agree with that concept. There's too many. Back to the, the, the segment we did before about all the receivers in the league. Uh, it might be the fourth round before I draft my first receiver. At 11, he has Jonathan Taylor. If I'm at the 11 spot and Jonathan Taylor's available. Sign me up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah, all day long. Like, I think some people worried about Marlon Mack and Wilkins. Not at all. No. <laughs> Not at all. At 12, he has Cam Akers. I'm cool with that. I think yeah. he's the man now. At 13, Nick Chubb. Okay. I wish Again, he if the I, ball if, a if I'm coming around here, and I've got the 12th pick of my draft, and I get Cam Akers and Nick Chubb on the turn. Yeah. Oh, That's what I was going to say. Is that, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> subject to change, but I think I want a late first-round pick and go running back, running back. Yeah. There's going to be a couple more names, including the Steelers rookie that – would gladly be my RB2, you know. Yeah. At 14 is Austin Eckelar. So, if, if you came out of that with, uh, at 11, Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckelar. That's awesome. So, yeah. Eckelar to me, is he's one of the guys they mentioned, and I've been saying this for a while, actually, just trade him for a, in a dynasty league a couple weeks ago, that they wanted to be way ahead of consensus on. With the Saints, uh, Lombardi coming over there, he's going to catch so many passes. And yeah. the O-line's better. I think Eckelar is... Somebody I'd consider maybe over – probably over all the receivers. I, I might consider him at, like, six. Uh, Fifteen is Keenan Allen. Okay. I mean, the receivers are kind of boring. Yeah. I mean, you just know what they are. The Sixteen stage. is Aaron Jones. That's very – you know, we haven't seen Devontae Adams on here yet, but right. we see Aaron Jones on there. If 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 Rodgers doesn't a lot of touchdowns. If Rodgers doesn't play, are they going to hand Aaron Jones the ball 300 times? No. I don't think they so. They really do anyway. Yeah. And so Aaron Jones to me is is very catch reliant. Mhm. And if again guys if, that are super tu- that, that scored a ton of touchdowns last year scare me too. Yeah. And he's not young. And they did draft AJ Dillon for a reason. All right. He's going to get touches. 17 is Joe Mixon. I'm a Mixon believer. I came out of my draft last year with Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. I think I was picking like tenth, ninth. Yeah. I mean, no, I was ninth. I'm like I'm thinking, I'm man, this is great. Yeah. And then Joe Mixon in the first part of the season, like, did nothing. Like the first oh, month, rough. they didn't even hand him the ball. No. It's funny in my league it was similar. I picked nine or ten. I took Mixon in the first round, Chubb around the corner, and then traded Chubb for Kittle. <laughs> I, not, I didn't do so well. <laughs> But Mixon, one thing about Mixon that has always held him back is was Gennar- Bernard being exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Last he year, gonna catch he the ball more this year. Catches, yeah. you know, with Burrow, and I think the catching thing is for real. At 18, he has Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know where to put him, but it, Evan said, I just wanted to be lower on consensus on Elliott. I, I don't want my subscribers to draft him. Yeah. And I understand it. 19 is Justin Jefferson. That's wide receiver six. Okay. Wide receiver seven. Devontae Adams. Really low. 20. Right. Yeah. I forget what he said about him, but I assume if Rodgers returns, I think I'd move Adams up to one. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. He's the only show in town. Yeah, you better hope that uh, that doesn't push into training camps and Uh draft time. Because you're just not going to know. You're not going to know. 21, DK Metcalf. Yes. 22, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Uh, Again, all these receivers are – Fine to me. I'd have a hard time deciphering, you know, who I want more for fantasy. Give me any of them, and they'll plug them in every week, and they'll do well. 
23 has Miles Sanders. That's his RB13. He's hard to trust. Yeah. But that's a good line when it's healthy. They they haven't added much. I know Carryon Johnson's there now, and they've they've added people, but nobody that scares me. You know, Gainwell. I, I think he could do fine, but he's a second round pick to me. Twenty four RB fourteen is Najee Harris. Yeah, I think I'd take Harris over a couple of. I'd take I'd take him over Mixon, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'd take, I'd take him over Sanders. I'd take him over Ezekiel Elliott for sure. I'd take him yeah. over Sanders. Yeah. Um, I, I, think I think one thing Evan said was. This is the lowest he'll ever be. Yeah. The buzz will start. It's only going to go up. Yeah, yeah. He, he predicted Harris will be a first round pick in every every draft you guys are in. You know, I especially in Pittsburgh. That. Especially. <laughs> in I mean, Clyde Edwards-Helaire was a first round pick last year. He was like the fifth overall pick in a lot. Of, like a his lot ADP was like five, and we knew he wasn't. Which get was to way get, that Harris was way is. overdrafted. Right. I, I that's how. I, that's how I get Dalvin Cook at pick nine because, because somebody's taking Edwards-Helaire and higher than. Yeah. That. I mean, the, everyone thought, boy, he's a chief. He's going to blow up. That, that's fine and all. They've only got he, one football. Right. <laughs> and you knew he wasn't going to get a heavy workload. Harris will. Uh, 25, Amari Cooper, wide receiver 10. Oh, real quick on Harris, too. I forget who said this. This wasn't Evan. But a lot of people worry about, oh, bad O-lines. I'm not drafting those running backs. It really doesn't matter in, in fantasy. You know, okay, maybe his yards per carry is a little lower than if he had a good line. If he has usage, that's all that matters. He's going to get 300 touches. He's going to get 300 touches. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of the best backs in the league last year, fantasy-wise, didn't have good lines. Uh, the aforementioned Dalvin Cook leading the way yeah, on perfect that. Perfect example. <laughs> yeah. they, you know, they drafted two linemen high. Uh, 25, Mari Cooper at wide receiver 10. I won't take him there. 26, DeAndre Swift at, wide, at running back 15. I'm interested. I wonder if he's a part-time player. I mean, they did. I mean, they added Jamal Williams. And, and they want to. Jamal Williams is, is going to be the boon of yet another fantasy backfield, as he was yeah. with Aaron Jones. Like, if you had Aaron Jones the last couple of years, you're like, why is – you know, Aaron Jones would take you all the way down to the field yeah. into, into the 20, and all of a sudden here comes – here trots out Jamal Williams on it. What, what are you doing? Right. Because <laughs> coaches love Williams. He's dependable. He's tough. I thought he had been maybe a good guy for the Steelers to grab. He ended up making more money than I thought. And, boy, that, this coaching staff that bites knees, they're going to love him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good right. line. Or they just give him, you know, here's a series for Jamal Williams. Like, yeah. You know, Jones was just ripping through the defense on the last – can't do that again. Mm-hmm. Now we got to get Jamal Williams out there. My thoughts, though, on Swift are good line, which is good for both those guys, should be losing a lot. Yeah. I mean, I would think the fourth quarters will be Swift. And Goff isn't the most aggressive downfield passer either. Yeah, he'll dump. I mean, he'll dump, yeah. Yeah. 27, J.K. Dobbins at RB16. I don't know where Doesn't catch him. the ball Doesn't that much. Doesn't catch the ball. I don't think Lamar throws the ball to the running backs real well. At all. He, he doesn't they, do it. Yeah. And I don't I don't think they ask him to do it because they, they think they just tell him, you know what, instead of you dumping the ball to them, just run it yourself. Right. I mean, most quarterbacks, it's much more efficient to dump. The most yeah. efficient play in football is to throw your running backs, on, especially on early downs. And but if he throws the football, only bad things him. can happen if right, it's right, a dump-off. Right, right. right. He's much better off just running the ball himself. Exactly. At some point, if they give him a – it goes back to the conversation we had in the earlier show about Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. At what point do they tell Lamar, hey, Lamar, we, we pay, we're paying you a bunch of money. It's probably as soon as they sign him. Yeah. Like, we <laughs> yeah. don't want you running the ball 170 times this year. Because Dobbins is a very capable receiver. Yeah. I mean, like Ingram really wasn't. Edwards isn't. I mean, they can catch the ball, but that, they don't run routes. Yeah. I would, you know, we always talk about how that they, they need to add a, a a chain mover receiver. I would incorporate the backs as receivers much more if I were them. 
28 is Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 11. Solid as can be. Pretty good offense. 29, Chris Carson. He produces. Yeah. They gave him money. Caught the ball more last year, too. He catches the ball more than you think for a big grinder. But I don't know that I want to be in this running back market. This neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah, there's questions here. Like, I want to be everything above that. Yeah, and if you took a receiver in the first or second round, you're in this This is where you, This yeah, is where yeah. you're at. You're looking for one of these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 30's DJ Moore, and you see is the, rec- the receiver market still pretty Great. good. Yeah. DJ Moore can be my wide receiver one. Uh, 31 is C.D. Lamb. I'm, I think I'm taking Lamb ahead of Cooper this year. 32, Darren Waller is tight end two. Wow. I don't think I could do that. Kittle doesn't stay on the field. I mean, yeah. He's starting to worry me. It's been too much of a trend, and he plays so hard. Um, I still take Kittle over Waller. Waller has five or more catches in 23 of his last 32 games. Yeah. I mean, that's the production's pretty awesome. Pretty good, yeah. And say what you want about And some Green. of those are like 10-catch games. I mean, he, He's had some explosion, <laughs> yeah. win you weak games. He got that out of Jared Cook and with the Raiders, too. Yeah, I mean, right. He really schemes up those tight ends well, and Waller's you know, really good on his own. I wouldn't take him over Kittle, though. 33, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes in at RB18. See, I'm buying at that price. That's not bad. No, yeah. right, right. I mean, some of those backs we mentioned that are a little sketchy. I'll the problem the is, is he's, he's, again, he's not going to get the goal line touches. Never. Um, he just, you know. Yeah. I mean, the offense should be great. I think he'll be better in year two. It's going to be 15 touches a game, though. Yeah. You if know. I can give him the fourth round of a fantasy draft. Yeah. I'm all in. If, if he's my RB2, I guess I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Josh Josh Jacobs next <clears throat> at RB19. He scares me more, too. I think he's a really good player, but they don't throw him the football. And they just brought in Drake. And everywhere he's gone, including Bama, he's never been the guy. Yeah. They always mix somebody in, and there's some reason for it. 35 is David Montgomery. And I think people are going to look at him, what he did last year, and forget that Tariq Cohen was out all year. Right. Montgomery had a lot of catches last year. He's not going to catch the ball like he did last year. No, he isn't. But I think he's better than public perception is, too. Like, I think a lot of people are disappointed in him because he's not flashy. Their line's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where he belongs. He's an RB, two. Uh, 36 is, is uh, Antonio Gibson. I would take him much higher than that. Yeah. Much higher. I mean, I'm not sure if he's a very developed football player yet, but they decide Charles Leno today. They're, I mean, I think that offense is good, and he's the guy there. Um, you know, McKissick caught like a million passes A lot, last year. yeah. They used him a lot as a third down back. But that's Alex Smith doing the Teddy Bridgewater move. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, 38, George Kittle, tight end three. Yeah, we kind of talked about him. He's a little hard to trust right now. At 39 is Mike Evans as wide receiver 15. Like, that's a perfect – that guy produces 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns every year. Oh, I think I skipped Julio Jones at 37 as wide receiver 14. Okay. I want Falcons players. Yeah. I want Falcons offense. 40 is Allen Robinson, wide receiver 16. <laughs> Case in point. I mean, I want to be <laughs> shopping in this neighborhood for wide yeah. receivers. 41 is Adam Thielen, a wide receiver 17. I'd much rather have Evans and, Ro- and Robinson. But if I, came out of the, if I came out of my draft with two of those backs – in the, that we we talked about in the top twelve or fourteen, right. and then I get Allen Robinson and Adam Thielen. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good right. about that. Like what I would like to do is get two of those backs, Kittle or Waller, and then my wide receiver one is Allen Robinson. Yeah, you know, and then I'll fill in blanks with the Claypools of the world. Forty two is uh, tight end four Mark Andrews. I guess he should be four. I don't, I don't know, know if I'm paying that. that price for him though. I'd rather have Pitts. 
I'll, I'll roll the dice. How about Hawkinson? I think I'd rather have Hawkinson. Yeah. Andrews worries me. He doesn't play. He doesn't play. 